Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. How is everybody doing on this fine fall morning, fall evening, whenever you're listening? Actually, last week, I was, you know, just demonstrating one of my many moments where I lack access to like logic, like just logical thinking. And I was like trying to work out what season it was for my listeners in the Southern Hemisphere. Most of you are probably like, it's obviously the opposite of fall, which is spring. I couldn't work it out, but I had a lovely listener in brazil write to me and say that it is it is spring so for my southern hemisphere babes how's your spring going are the birds chirping like are you feeling full of zest and renewal um over here you know we're entering into um into the darkness into the shadows um as a true gremlin at heart i i'm very happy about that i'm very i'm very excited i'm here for spooky season I mean, I'm just that girl. I'm just that girl that loves, you know, I love Halloween. I love creepy things. I'm just, I'm different. I'm just not like the other girls. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, you know, it's a good time uh, for me (laughs) to thrive um, amongst the shadows. So um, speaking of like my lapse in like judgment and logic, um, (laughs) I feel like I'm really it just it's like the the all or nothing gene kicks in to every part of my life truly like i i mean i'm either like god complex mode feeling like you know i've solved uh the secrets to life or i'm just like lo- observing myself and how fucking stupid i can be <laughs> and i'm like how uh how do i tie my shoes like i had a uh, professional audio person look at my setup look at my podcast setup and be like your mic is like backwards basically like your mic is turned the wrong way and it has been for almost a year um so uh, <laughs> I could have avoided a myriad of issues that that has caused maybe just a couple hours of like trying to correct uh sound <laughs> sound problems audio problems that I didn't know where they were coming from my mic was turned around the wrong way um that's where I'm at I mean that uh that really says it all that and the fact that when I sat down to um record someone started chainsawing and I'm like I'm in right in the middle of a bustling city right in a busy area I'm like where did you even sir where did you find a chainsaw like what what are we chainsawing you know I'm like I'm trying to record this on like Friday evening I'm like we should probably both be off doing something more fun um but you know i guess i got a podcast intro to record and and uh he's got some wood to saw you know we're all just we're just living our life we're we're just doing our best um so for today's episode i have um I have a lovely lovely introspective conversation about the shifting tides of influencers so this evolving sort of like amorphous blob that we get of like the glitz and the glam to the like 
pandemic like influencer in their PJ sharing their trauma now like us turning on that and being like actually like if you share your trauma but it verges into like us deeming that you're complaining like then we're gonna you know tar and feather you we also get into like just a few other major figures in this world um, including one who I had no idea even existed um, I'm still baffled I'm still kind of like trying to piece together that this even is a thing it's a guy named Mr. Beast uh, like he's a kid really he's 23 uh, he's a YouTuber. He made just, okay. Just, if you've never heard of this guy, if you don't, if you were like me until basically this week and didn't know who he was, think about how much. Try to imagine like a wild sum of money that he made last year from all of his endeavors. Just like think for a second, okay? This kid made fifty three million dollars in twenty twenty one. Like that's like more than the Kardashians. Like it, it, what? Um, yeah, I'm just amazed and he's just a regular dude. Anyway, I, we'll, we'll get into it. We also get into, um, our vibeless queen, Haley Bieber and her interview on Call Her Daddy and just, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to get into it before we do. Um, if you like this content and you would like an extra episode, uh, every week, I do an extra episode that drops on Wednesdays on the Patreon. It's $5 a month and you get an extra episode. I'm going to be with Sammy P. Um, you know, the podcast is meant to be like, a you know, a good dinner party, like a really good dinner party um, that's engaging. You know, you'll learn something like you'll laugh a bit and, you know, leave feeling a little bit lighter after having, you know, some stimulating conversation. Um the Patreon is then kind of like once everyone's left and there's like two or three people like talking in the kitchen until late. That's the vibe. Um, and so that's about it. Other than me just standing in front of you once again, asking for you to love me um, and show that love through <laughs> ratings and reviews. <laughs> Can you please give me a five-star review on uh, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening? Um, download this episode, subscribe to the podcast. I mean, honestly, even if you don't like it, like maybe just do those things because it costs nothing, but it's helpful to me. I don't know. I mean, maybe if there's like a free thing I can do to help you out that just requires like the press of a button. Hey, let me know. My DMs are open. Like, you know, let's... <laughs> Let's help each other out, okay? Um, okay, so that's about it for me. Um, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, and we're back with Veronica from TikTok, social media manager. How's it going, Veronica? Good. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh my God, thanks for being here. Um, I must say, so the first video I ever saw of yours was... It was a stitch the video talking about um the stay-at-home girlfriend and it was yes. like and so it was like I'm sure the listeners have heard it. it's like I'm a 25 year old stay-at-home girlfriend mm -hmm. and this is my day and this is what I do and it, and like everyone was ripping on it and I was just like why like let her live and they're like and then people are like actually it's because you're not financially stable I'm like are any 25 year olds financially stable like you know <laughs> and and um and then you stitch it and you were like literally everybody fuck off like all of you are like fetishizing being overworked um 
also <laughs> there was like this part where people were making fun of her for like journaling and they were like what do you have to journal about and you were like all you can imagine is labor this is like your issue and I was like get her on the pod <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that was the hot take that stuck <laughs> yeah I love it maybe I was like subconsciously motivated because you're like your handle is future pods but I was like we need this take this is this is our kind of people of course. I love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I saw some more of your videos and like then saw that you're also in Montreal. Love it. Um, mm-hmm. But also, so your whole thing is like a rat girl in a that girl world. Yes. And like my thing is a troll stroll. And oh, so, wow. yeah, to counter the hot girl walk. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, well, look th- at this. I know. I was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> We are just rat girls and trolls fighting the good fight in a that girl world. Yeah. <laughs> trolls and rat girls unite. You know, we're just trying to like just live our lives and have like mm-hmm. one less less moment where there's like pressure to like just be empowered and hot. It's like I really mm-hmm. I, I actually am like I'm good. I just Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up. No. <laughs> no, no. I want to put on a heinous outfit and just walk my dog and look unapproachable. Mm-hmm. the unapproachable like the more unapproachable the better I've started wearing wired headphones again just so people can see that I'm not in the mood for conversation and <laughs> like every time I have my airpods in I feel like men will still approach me but with the wired headphones I'm like this is as blunt as it can get like please don't talk to me on my troll stroll <laughs> <laughs> well I have I have an 80 pound dog so it it helps a lot mm-hmm. but like <laughs> I will say though like I, so I was just on the west coast and like people were like smiling and like just talking to me and and I was like caught off guard like at first I was like why like why are they looking at me I'm like oh they're just like being nice they're just like trying to be nice it was just like (laughs) I used to live out there for a while and I was just like being reminded of like in Montreal it's very like acceptable to be grumpy I feel like it's a very grumpy Mm -hmm. city and like not a lot of people do try to talk to you I mean besides like sometimes just to like yell or like say something weird so it's kind of it is kind of nice you can like sort of blend in that way Definitely. I think about this all the time, like between Toronto, where I'm from, Montreal, New York. I went to Australia for like six months and it was the same thing. It was like the LA, Australia, nutrition, like wellness vibes. And I, every time, like after a couple of weeks, I just feel like I need to go home. I'm like, these people don't get me. No one's angry. No one's venting. <laughs> I just, it doesn't suit me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that well, I wonder if it's like all of Australia, but I have seen a lot of like wellness babe influencers from Australia. Mm-hmm. I've never been, but they're all so hot and happy. Well, they've had, they have so much like sunshine and mm-hmm. vitamin D. Maybe that's it. Exactly. It's the vitamin D. Cause it's the same thing on the West coast. Everyone ha- is breathing like fresh mountain air and like bathing in the ocean every morning. And like, I'm like, good for you guys. Um, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am I'm just like I'm just uh trying to avoid the broken glass like on the way to yeah. getting my overpriced coffee and that brings me yeah. joy so last winter in Montreal I had one stretch of five days straight where I didn't leave the house and the only times I would leave was to go have my little smoky smoke downstairs for five minutes. And that was like the most outside time I was getting. <laughs> I'm like, our days are very different. We have different <laughs> priorities here. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad my dog gets me out of the house because I wouldn't want to see how many stretches I would go inside. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, but that's I think that the misery of the city like is like a lot of it comes from the fact that we have like a winter that lasts like 19 months and like, yeah. <laughs> and is actually horrendous. Um, but I do think that that like is what gives it its like weirdness and its art. We have character for sure. Character. Every yeah. single person has been shaped. We have character. We've been shaped into character. That's the way I tell, spin the narrative positively to myself. We're depressed. We're artsy. Yeah. Like, yeah, character. We'll call it character building. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I'm curious, how did you, how did you get started with like posting on TikTok? Like, did you just start posting? Like, did you have like a thought of what, what you wanted to say to the world? what was my message That's what a was funny your question. message for the world no I know but like how, yeah what <laughs> what made you like yeah open up your phone and talk to a bunch of strangers honestly it was in the peak of COVID I think it was like right at the beginning of 2020 was the first video I posted and it was me ranking the Kardashian babies at the time from best to worst and which one were going to be good babies and which ones were going to be bad babies I was like really like socially deprived in my room. And I was like, okay, at this point I need to vent to something other than my four walls. So I started uploading on TikTok. Yeah. I would say beginning of 2020. And then at this point, it's just kind of become an outlet outside of everything else. Like up until this week, I've been working three jobs for the past two years. So I feel like with TikTok, it's not something that I approach as like my fourth job. I'm never going to be someone that's on a content schedule that like, okay, I have to post on TikTok. This is what I do. I got to keep up with the metrics. Like for me, it's my outlet outside of everything else. It's like when I have a hot take or when I want to share something out of my day and it's become that for me, it's become like the one thing outside of work and, you know, my friends and family, I'm like, okay, this is kind of where I just offload everything. <laughs> I can't offload on other parts of my life. Yeah. Oh, same. No, it's, mm -hmm. it's a huge creative outlet for me my palette is TikTok mm -hmm. my canvas <laughs> yes no but like but it really it it was like yeah it, for me it was like a just coming out of a rock bottom moment and being like well <laughs> I am just gonna shout into the void mm -hmm. on the app and just went from there but like yeah whenever whenever I make videos um because I feel like I should it's they're always like mediocre at best and they always like anger people, but not in a way that I can like stand behind it. We're in a way where I'm like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't like the what I'm saying either. Like I'm just talking shit for, for no reason. Yeah. And it's weird because like, I have that perspective where I work with individuals and I work with brands on the other side of social media. So for the people I work with, I'm always pushing, yeah, like put more content out there. You know, people want to see you this is your strategy. And then when it comes to myself, I just cannot be bothered. Like I hate that feeling of feeling like I need to post or I need to do something. But I feel like everyone struggles with that, that like imposter syndrome of no one notices this, but you, it looks like the same content you always post yeah. like 90% of the time. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like if your thing is to like make fashion content, like you can do that mm -hmm. even if you're not in a good mood, you know, like, or it doesn't matter like if mm -hmm. what you're feeling that day. I mean, I'm sure that whatever it comes with its own challenges, but it's like when you're giving hot takes, when it's like just you like fully venting like the thoughts from like the inner recesses of your mind, like you do have to be in a place of like, okay, like I'm just going to show up 
genuinely Mm -hmm. on camera. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of like what a lot of what we're going to talk about today. Like, this is something that I've like, I keep kind of like picking apart and like unraveling the onion of like, what is an influencer? And like, how Mm -hmm. do we like, how do we relate to this whole like, I don't know, existence? Like it it is, it's fascinating to me. And like, Mm -hmm. Everyone loves an influencer scandal. That's there's one thing I can say about the world. Um, but like what we get outraged about is fascinating. Like to me, it requires mm-hmm. endless analyzing, yeah. like just analysis and like just just figuring out like, okay, so to go to like what we had kind of chatted about, um, like off mic, we were talking about the whole Michaela scandal and like yeah that's just that's a really good jumping off point because at this point Mm -hmm. it's almost run its course so like we're talking about um the whole like try where I just got off work it's 5 15 like try being an influencer at this point it's it's almost kind of like run this full life cycle of like total outrage all these like angry duads being like I'm a nurse and I'm a whatever um like okay nurses listening I know you guys work hard like I get it yeah but that's not (laughs) what I'm saying like and then people being like, okay, you know, back off of this girl. Yeah, you've made um, your point. Yeah, and and it's like, it really, it highlights this like paradox of influencers like being pressured to be relatable, mm-hmm. but if they complain, they're destroyed for it. Yeah, I think like, it's exactly what you said. It requires so much analysis and dis- dissecting. And I also think that what an influencer is and the expectations on them are always changing. Um, I think like during COVID, you know, we really wanted influencers because we were all in our rooms and we didn't have access to going out. So we loved living vicariously through these other people. But now I think what's happening is a lot of people have gone back to work. They're back to their same lives that are not glamorous, you know, inflation, the cost of living is higher than ever. People are frustrated, working harder than ever. And now necessarily, I don't think like the influencers have changed, but the tone around them has changed. And unfortunately, I think that Michaela, it totally has run its course. And I think she's just like the face of this bigger movement. I don't think what she said necessarily, the proportion of the reaction matches what she said but I think that she's kind of being used as the face of this movement and this change of attitude around influencers yeah yeah and I mean it's interesting too like you know she's 24 this was said when she was 21 like Mm -hmm. I am glad that I'm an elder millennial (laughs) I have like and like the only thing I really had at that age was Facebook and then Mm -hmm. a hacker like locked me out of that account so I don't even have like there are photos that I would like to have that I don't have from Mm -hmm. my early 20s I don't have anything any record of it like I just have not uh, online I have not existed as a person until my late 20s that's such a blessing (laughs) I know I know I love that I wouldn't mind my travel photos that's okay yeah um yeah maybe the meta gods one day will let me back in Uh, but yeah like it's interesting like now there's like this kind of like outcry that like okay influencers should have like nine to fives and Mm -hmm. you kind of mentioned that it's sort of like the death of like flex culture like could you could you elaborate on that I think that this week what we saw it was like Kylie Jenner is a great example of one of 
the biggest influencers in the world, if not like the face of the OG influencer. Um, she posted a video and I think she was like standing behind her wall of like $30,000 Birkins and she made a get ready with me video and it was just like Balenciaga jeans, you know, Goyard belt. It was like a fucking $40,000 outfit. And the people watching this are like, she literally had elevator music playing in her room and you could hear the echo in her voice. They're like, this is so not what a get ready with me would ever look like in my life. And I think people are just calling BS at this point. They're like, you know, like, this is so unrelatable. This is not what my life looks like. This is not the content I want to consume. I want to consume content from other people who are working nine to fives, who somehow are making sense of this world and finding a little peace during, like I said, this post-COVID era where people are going back to work and working harder than they've ever worked. Right. I do. It's funny. I think... Kylie is kind of like in her own sphere of existence, I think, as all the Kardashians are. To me, I was happy seeing that video because I like when they're not like just for that family, just for the Kardashians, that when they're not trying to be relatable, Um, because I'm just like, yeah, I want you guys to own it. Like, I don't want to see you guys doing fake pranks on each other and like in your car chatting. I want to see what's actually going on. And we're never going to see the actual reality. But I do want to like see them like living their best like Marie Antoinette life and like not trying to pretend it's anything else um than like hoarding like egregious amounts of wealth so I was kind of like okay you know what you're leaning in Kylie like I appreciate that (laughs) like fair enough you're being honest and I think that's what's like a little concerning too is like with Michaela's situation and with these other influencers this pattern is kind of forming and Hello Taffy actually made a really good video about it where she's like influencers and being an influencer with this amount like or this size of following is a gift that's given to us it's not something that we randomly woke up one day with these followers like every single person who followed us did so willingly and like you created the opportunities that we now have for either like brand deals or gifting or collaborations and it's funny watching these fan bases switch up now as soon as these influencers are not relatable or maybe they're sharing exactly like they're starting to share their wealth which is technically authentic because that is their life right now yeah but it's not necessarily the reason why people follow them in the first place and I think it's that feeling of like oh like now you're doing a little bit better than I expected you to do and now you're doing a little bit better than I can relate to yeah and that crabs in the bucket mentality forms yeah, I, it's interesting. I don't know if this is from the same video from Teffy, but I saw one where she was talking about like how much she shares of her own life um, and like her traumas online. And she was like, I wonder sometimes if part of that is like me just like making sure that I try to seem re- like relatable. Like she's like, I'm I'm being real honest about what's going on. But like in terms of what I choose to share, like, am I just trying to be like, don't worry, guys, like I'm relatable. And it's like, that's an interesting thought, too, because you don't want to get like the pendulum seems to like swing from Mm -hmm. like one end of the spectrum to the other. Like we had fully glitz glam, like beach vacation influencers. Then in the pandemic, it was like in sweatpants. And now it's like this sort of awkward, like, what are we now? Are, do we want to see people like filming themselves miserable at work? I don't know, but I wonder if it's going to, if it's like, we're sort of like trying to push things into almost a point where it's like, trauma porn like everybody has to like share their traumas to seem relatable you know because what else is Mm -hmm. relatable other than people sharing their struggles 
No, definitely. And I think that like, I'm reminded of that quote, I'm gonna butcher it a little bit, but it goes, when a baby lamb loses her mother, she cries. Sometimes comes mother, sometimes comes the wolf. And I feel like that's exactly what happened with Michaela. It's like, you're putting your issues with or like your struggles with mental health on this huge platform and you're exactly trauma dumping and you're sharing your trauma. Best case scenario, your audience meets that with compassion and everyone's on your side. Or people see that as like you being vulnerable. And we know that if we dogpile you, it's going to affect you negatively. And I've seen it happen. There's a lot of influencers and creators who, you know, make their apology videos and go back to the drawing board and trauma dump or like work with their audience about the problem and like what happened, why ever they're getting canceled. But then you have influencers who are just like, I don't care. Like I'm not playing this game. I'm not trauma dumping. I'm not doing the apology. And I'm, I'm very torn as to which one is better because I see both sides yeah. as to like why you would do either or, you know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like I get the best of all worlds, like where I am very like vulnerable on this podcast. Like I just, I feel like here mm-hmm. it feels like it's like the people that are somehow willing to like follow me along into like long form content. I mean, I'm still just like, you know, amazed that that's even like an option for me, but it it just feels more like I can share my stories, which I don't mind, like when it's appropriate, I'm not like trying to come up with like (laughs) vulnerabilities to share, but like, it feels very like intimate to me. And also that I have people, I feel like people here know me. And so they know when I'm like making these like dark humor jokes, like where it comes from. And like, I just won't, I don't feel like I'll be taken out of context. Whereas mm-hmm. on TikTok, like I have shared some things more in the name of like normalizing like mental health things and specifically meds. Like that's definitely something that I'm like pushing to like <laughs> get out there is like take your meds if you need. If I, if I could have like one takeaway from it, yeah, yeah. it would be that. Um, but at the same time, I think I don't know where I stand in terms of like spiritually just like the evil eye but I think it's a concept across the world in like every culture like just people like looking and wishing yeah you to not do well and I don't want like I don't want to like feed that you know no exactly and like if you put it out there unfortunately you always have to be mindful that exactly there are people that like don't wish the best for you no matter what your message is or what your intention is with what you're sharing at a certain point, like with every audience, there's just going to be a percentage that doesn't get it. That doesn't understand you. I learned this like stat in business school. And it's like the only thing that stuck from university for me, like one of the three tidbits, but it's like out of a hundred percent of the people who will engage with your content, 80% are going to be indifferent. 10% are going to be your diehard fans, your like returning customers, the people who tap into your longer content and who really like get you as a person. And then 10% of people are just going to fucking hate you and your product and like not stand you no matter what you do. So it just exactly, it kind of comes with the territory. And I think that it's something newer to content and to influencing in general that like social media managers and individuals themselves have to be mindful of. Like when you're sharing this sensitive information online there is a percentage that's not going to take it well despite your intentions yeah and so yeah you just gotta like protect your peace I mean for some people Mm -hmm. like they don't 
they just they're unbothered they're okay to just share like all the most intimate details like and doesn't matter like who's watching I don't know I yeah I'm just I'm just glad that I have different platforms for different outlets whereas like TikTok is for more like just general takes and shit posting at the moment but we'll see I don't know I I do like um I have had some pretty like harrowing life experiences I would mind like maybe sharing maybe like Mm -hmm. make people feel more connected but yeah I'm like less than a year into this whole thing so I'm sure it's gonna keep evolving yeah um okay so on the topic of like influencers like showing themselves I want to I want to get into the try guys and their whole like scandal and their persona Mm -hmm. so yeah um I was asked by so many people to talk about this. Actually, I was asked mm-hmm. by one person. <laughs> so, <now that's laughs> so many of you guys have been asking me to talk about this. Um, no, but- <laughs> guys, calm down. We'll get to it. Yeah. Also, yeah. Um, <laughs> makeup, <laughs> makeup and skincare routine to follow. Um, no, but so like I was kind of like, I was hearing about this whole like scandal and I was, I didn't really like know too much about it. So I'll, I got the rundown. I did my mm-hmm. research. Me too. Because had you heard about the Try Guys before? I was kind of on the peripheral of the Try Guys. Like I had never tapped into their content. I just missed their wave. Like I never followed them from YouTube from day one. But I had seen them on TikTok and I had known who they were. But yeah, I wasn't like, I wouldn't say I was one of their fans. Like I didn't subscribe to them, but I always knew they were around. Yeah. You were in a, a Try Head or whatever their fans no. were <laughs> I don't know. I just I learned know. that today. Wait, is that is that real? <laughs> no, I thought that's what it was, and you were telling me. <laughs> I, was I didn't even know that. <laughs> no, I know maybe. <laughs> I the don't know. are going to come for us. <laughs> yeah, it's not if, what we're if, called. If there's yeah, if there's any left after this scandal, no, I don't know. Yeah. It, okay, so it's just for a rundown for any listeners who are like, "What's going on?" So the Try Guys, they're sort of like very much a product of BuzzFeed. Like they sort of came up in 2014. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, they try something, they're guided by an expert. Then they started their own page in like 2018. And they're just like, they've created this like full try empire. Like they have like huge like staff employees, but like basically their whole, the whole premise of them was that they are the good guys. Like they're these relatable buddies. They're nice, non-threatening. They all love their wives. Um yeah. and like their wives became famous. That's what I realized. Like mm-hmm. their wives were all of them are married or coupled up. Mm-hmm. Um and all of them are kind of like they bring their families like into it. But the most popular one was Ned, this yeah. guy freaking Ned Fulmer. <laughs> he's the one who had this cheating scandal and his him and his wife ariel like they were like front and center of the whole like basically like franchise they were the face of like authentic amazing relationship couple goals all of it yeah they had merch of him saying my wife because apparently he would like say it in a certain tone and mm-hmm. so he was like, you push a button and it's like Ned saying my wife and like his bio says Ariel's husband. And like, yeah, so he had been doing the worst kind of cheating, which is like ongoingly elaborately for like a year with an yeah. employee that they all like all know. Just the worst, like right under your nose. Like you couldn't write it any worse. Not like a one-off night. It's like, I made a mistake. 
first 365 days, I made the same mistake over and over. You're like, fuck off. Like at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that point, that means like you've been cheating and then you've also been having to gaslight by yeah. like to cover your tracks because obviously there's going to be suspicions during this like year long affair. You yeah. Be like, no, definitely. It's just, no, babe. Like, it's just you. What do you mean? I always stay out late. I'm like, working late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently, like, they were, like, getting hotel rooms, like, full on. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, it was full on. And I had to dig into them because I couldn't figure out, like, basically, they fired him and they unfollowed him immediately. And I couldn't figure it out. So in this research, I realized, like, oh, it's because their whole business, part of it is that their whole thing is built off of being these nice, honest guys. And so it kind of, like, threatens that. For everyone definitely it's tricky because ugh, that like see i'm never going to be an influencer like that <laughs> like i am never going to play the saint role like i never want to be an influencer that like my marriage is perfect those family channels it's just it's so much pressure because that's the thing i i also honestly think of anna paul she is like the most authentic influencer she's never had a bad day. So when it comes to influencers like that, for so many years, you, you like your whole shtick is I have the perfect marriage. Everyone knows that marriages go through problems. Like it's, it's just, it gets a little insidious at a certain point at so many years. in, you're like, you know, that this isn't actually what it is. I agree wholeheartedly. Like I have a little like saying of like the longer the Instagram caption about the couple, like the more dysfunction there is. I do Mm -hmm. think Anna Paul is like a freak of nature where she's to me, I don't know if I'm just, if I'm like hypnotized by her content, but she seems to, I think she's one of those people that genuinely is very happy, like like 95% of the time. And like, she's writing her own playbook like yeah totally. i don't know if the, i don't know if the listeners know anna paul but she's like she has like millions of followers um i think she's like 21 she's mm-hmm. australia's top only fans creator um she came from like a not very wealthy background um and then now travels the world in like a super interesting like like always with her family mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, again, very wholesome, very family oriented. She has once again, like the perfect relationship, her and Glenn. And I'm not saying like that that's not true, but I'm just saying, I think that would be like my worst version of being an influencer, like constantly having to make sure that your relationship is perceived as being the most perfect relationship, whether it's with your family or with your partner, that stresses me out. Cause I feel like, I don't know how someone can have no bad days or like if you're sharing like the Try Guys, like Anna Paul, your whole thing is sharing your every day with an audience. I want them to just like drop a bad day once in a while. You know, like what does a bad day look like for me? What does a, a marriage fight look like five years in? You know, I feel like that would almost help them with these scandals because when these things break, like the Try Guys, you're like, no, like they were so perfect. We can't believe it. And that was the image that they created. Yeah. And like, I think that's like what both of you and I are trying to do with like this rack girl and like troll stroll thing is to yeah. just like, just take the edge off of like all of this like toxic positivity mm-hmm. that I think now yeah. as a society, we're kind of like rejecting or like starting Definitely. to, I, I think. Um, but like, I mean, even with these try guys, like they're playing themselves, they're being themselves. But like when you are like on that level of like doing it for almost a decade, and 
having like, you know, whatever, 20 million, however, however many followers and like yeah. also millions of dollars. Like, I think it's inevitable that you kind of become this persona, which mm-hmm. there's nothing like wrong with that because it's like, we're all different people. Like when you're at work, when you're in certain workplaces, like when you're with different friends, like you're just different parts of you, like will come yeah. out. But like, I think for people like that, that are so intertwined with that type of thing, I'm, I'm sure it gets like weird and like murky, like like where did do they end and like their characters kind of begin yeah a little bit um definitely I was just watching like a video of this girl I forget her name she was a vlogging every day with the mm. with Jake Paul she was part of the hype house okay she's one of the original familiar. her name's Erica she, back in and she's like I have she's like basically like I she's like I seriously have PTSD and like go to therapy from daily vlogging because I completely forgot who I actually was and like kind of had a similar like vlog self but that wasn't yeah. me and then literally didn't even know where one began one ended. And I was like oh. yeah and I think that's like it, it's really I think at a certain point the audience can perceive it like this is just not based on science but based on vibes but I feel like I can tell when influencers and creators start to switch and you can tell that they're like putting out content because they're just trying to keep up with what they've built. And I think that is also, you know, like coming back to that rise of the nine to five influencer. I'm someone who vlogs and I haven't put out a vlog for a week because I had the same feeling. I was like, I don't want to vlog today. Like, you know, I'm not feeling Mm -hmm. it when I am feeling it. Let's do it. Like, absolutely. But I never want to feel like I'm waking up and forcing or like going against my physical body or like, yeah, my mental state telling me like, Hey, I don't have the energy for it today. And I feel like that's super palpable. And I think that's like kind of what you said, where we're all rejecting this idea of still feeling like we're being sold something, even though what we're being sold is like this authenticity. Yeah. And I think everyone can feel that to an extent. Um, but like, was I, am I remembering correctly that I saw something about how you're a Scorpio? Am I? Yeah. What are you? I was going to ask. Same, same. Okay, that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just okay. making sense. So like, it's all coming together. Um. So no, but I just like, I feel like the greatest thrill in life for Scorpio is like sniffing out bullshit and like seeing it and like just discerning. It's like going through sometimes with like a little x-ray vision for bullshit. Um, yeah. And, and so... I do like watching the trajectory of Mm -hmm. a lot of these people and like a lot of the people that I follow, like I'm rooting for them. Like if I find myself like going back to someone's page because I'm like, I'm going too cringe. I'm like, okay, I need to like pull myself out of this, but it is still like, we build these people up. We give them all their money and attention. And then we see them becoming inauthentic in our minds and we tear them down because of it. Yeah. Like the switch flips. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. It's like my, it's our biggest superpower and also curse as Scorpios, like just being able <laughs> to sniff through the bullshit because we, we just like tap out or we can tell someone's like true intention so much sooner than everybody else. 
And it's just painful as we sit through the process and we wait for everyone else to catch on. We're like, we knew this for two years, guys. <laughs> truly, the whole existence of a Scorpio is painful. <laughs> painful, yeah. It's Absolutely. truly, truly like would not wish it on anyone, wouldn't trade yeah. for anything. It's a lot. Like, <laughs> and I say this as someone who's like, I've gone on many rants on this podcast, like defending Scorpios and whatever, but like, holy shit. Good. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, the world is like, there's, a, a lot of bullshit in the world like we're just we're all just yeah. trying to like we're all just trying to survive in in a that girl late capitalist world oh my god <laughs> late stage honestly. capitalism world <laughs> like so whatever everyone has to do what they have to do um <laughs> I want to move on to there's one more influencer that I'm just like I just learned about him and I'm like my jaw's on the floor because um just at all these stats so Okay, I don't know if like everyone's familiar and I'm just like have been living under a rock, but <laughs> his name is Mr. Beast. He's 23 or 24. Yeah, he's 24 now, I think. He made $54 million last year. And yeah. in a Forbes article, they said that's more than Kim Kardashian or Billie Eilish made in 2021. Um, wow. And he's a YouTuber. And it's more mm-hmm. than anyone's ever made in the history of YouTube. Um, and he's just this like guy. Yeah. He's just like normal looking dude. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I talk about this all the time, like through my career, right? Like I talk about social media trends and I always have to explain to people that like, I don't know what's going to go viral. It doesn't matter if it's the trend, but also the person. Like it is always shocking to me who I see are like the top creators, whether it's like exactly on TikTok or YouTube, it's always shocking to me. It's never like the person that you would think. So of course to me, I'm like, obviously, okay, obviously it's Mr. Beast. Like I would never have guessed that one, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, well, with him and with the Try Guys, like what I realized, like looking into them is they both look so shockingly average, which I guess Mm -hmm. is like the appeal. Like definitely. Um, we love like a mediocre male celebrity. Um, Literally, eat it up. Yeah, Can't get enough. women still are expected to be like an eleven out of ten in like all fields. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the rise of medium ugly guys just taking over. <laughs> yeah, they're flourishing. Um, yeah, but but like whatever. Like this guy's like he's pretty harmless. And like mm-hmm. I watched his videos. Like they're very compelling. Like he was like running around Walmart giving people like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and like he does these like stunts like he like was buried alive for 50 hours and like it's very it's kind of like it's like fear factor meets i don't know um, like wholesome pranks kind of yeah yeah and so it's very compelling but he's also like he made his his millions from like also like he had this burger franchise and i don't know am i missing something he he operate so he pretty much like opened um do you know what ghost kitchens are yeah yeah. So that's what he did. He opened like a Mr. Beast brand under Ghost Kitchens. He didn't have like any actual like Mr. Beast location. And he just serviced like, I don't know how many locations it was, but he just I actually have, out. I have it mm-hmm. here. It's you could order the meals yeah. through 1600 restaurants across the country. Jesus, yeah, it was insane. It was like an insane, huge rollout. And his fans were just like, the Mr. Beast burger is very different at all of these different locations because it's different <laughs> kitchens making it. But <laughs> you're just kind of eating it up because it's like the person, it's the novelty of like supporting your favorite creator. Right. Yeah. And, um, I was like deliriously tired, like earlier this week. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I didn't realize he's so problematic. And I sent you this article and then I just reread <laughs> it. And I was like, what is 
what is wrong with me? Like, it was like very sensational. It was like, Mr. Beast is actually has a dark side. Really reaching. And it was like, yeah, basically it was like, he's not nice to his employees. Um, and he went on Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Cancel him, guys. Go get him. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like, oh, the 21 year old with like $50 million is like not the best boss. Like, oh, shocking. Yeah. But like that is no. the fact there was all this criticism for being on Joe Rogan. Like I'm like the first person to make fun of Joe Rogan and whatever. But like same. at the same time, criticizing this average dude for going on the podcast that is like the podcast for average dudes. Like, yeah, what are people expecting? No, exactly. And it's like it it almost comes full circle where you're not even judging the person based on what they're saying. And I think that like ties pretty well back to what we were talking about with Michaela. It's like taking these 10 second clips, the same as like what happened to Kim Kardashian with that, get your ass up and work. It's like, it was part of such a larger segment directed towards women in business. Like not you, not the person who's on your couch. Like you can skip this one, right? So it's like taking things out of context and then also judging people based on the act of having a conversation and not when they what they actually said like that is just so problematic in itself and it's just such an ethical like blurry space when it comes to judging content creators and influencers I don't know like I don't know if we can start canceling people for who they choose to speak with in an open-minded way yeah I mean it's it's very different to go on I don't know. I'm trying to think of like Alex Jones's podcast. Although it's interesting. Yeah. I think Fox Alex Jones has been know. on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different going on Fox and Friends than going on Joe Rogan. Like, yeah, there are like shades of difference. And I guess the days come around. I guess I'm defending Joe Rogan. Like a lot of his, <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, but a lot of his stuff has been taken out of context. Like he's done a lot yeah, of totally. genuinely shitty things. Um, I don't think he's like a good person necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's also from like some a lot of alleged blinds that I've read about him. Yeah. Um, just being like, yeah, the worst. Uh, but like a lot of his sound bites, the things that people highlight are things that are taken out of context within a five hour podcast. Yeah. And I definitely think that it's been a trend in the past couple of years when it comes to canceling people or exactly kind of like dogpiling on celebrities or influencers. I just, I find it really hard to actually discuss what someone said when you're basing it off of a 15 second snippet. And that was like the same thing that happened with this Michaela situation. So many of the commenters are saying like they haven't even watched the original video. And to me, it's like reading the spark notes or reading the synopsis of a book and saying that you know what the book is about. It's like, I can't really have a conversation with you if you're not even going to entertain the original content. And I feel like that's really becoming something acceptable that people think is like uh, like a genuine opinion of theirs they're able to say like oh i didn't watch the joe rogan podcast or i didn't watch the dave Chappelle special but i know what it's about and i know what he says you're like no you don't like how can we even entertain this conversation right now and it's crazy how much that attitude is becoming commonplace yeah yes <laughs> couldn't couldn't yes yes <laughs> Yachts Queen. No, I like I I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I mean, this is this is I don't know. This is the type of stuff that like keeps me up at night. And like me too. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. And now I guess we're all quote like chronically online. Like I know that's thrown Definitely. around as an insult, but we're all chronically online. Mm-hmm. And so every like 
trend, every mob wave of mobs, like everything, it all happens. It's like fast and furious now. So it, I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see like over the next year as we like unpandemic a fire world, like mm-hmm. everyone's just out and about, like what we're going to like expect of these public figures. I also think that like every person who does social media full time, whether you're like a celebrity or like these organic influencers who have come up on TikTok or YouTube, I think it's at the point where you need to have a strategy in place for when you get canceled or when the wrong clip gets taken out of context. Because it's, I feel like that's the thing, it's going to happen to everybody, especially if you're successful. Like you need a posting plan just as much as you need your cancel plan. Like, okay, what are you going to do when it happens? Yeah. And I my, find that crazy. My plan is to call Molly McPherson. She's been a guest twice on this podcast and she runs a <laughs> PR crisis control firm. Um, nice. So <laughs> I'm just going to cry to her and be like, you have fix, your... fix me, please. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you have your insider. So I need to work on it. I need to get my connections up. <laughs> I mean, Molly's open for business. Like she nice. <laughs> Well, actually, what's so cool is that what her firm does is just helping. She doesn't help celebrities. Like she doesn't work in the world of pop culture. She... Mm-hmm. She's been in the field for like 20 years. She helps like businesses and stuff, like people that are going through a a PR crisis, but not like super public. Um, But then she relates it to pop culture, like on TikTok. Like that's how I found Mm -hmm. her. Um, Cool. But now she's kind of being scouted by like Hollywood and stuff. So, but like, because basically you, you follow the same formula for any scandal, which is what I've I've Mm -hmm. learned from talking to her where I've been like, what do you do? And she's like, you got to own it like right away and you got to be fully honest and you got to just like show your face right away and just like (laughs) and then go from there um I've actually figured this out this is something me and like as you just just said it's something that keeps me up at night and I love to talk about this like with my best friends they just at this point are like Veronica shut up about scandals and pop culture but we have pinpointed that the worst thing that you can do is the double down where like the scandal comes out, you get canceled for this sentence and you're like, no, 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 I meant it. That's the worst thing that you can do. So yeah, you just have to like either ghost, do a Jenna Marbles where you're like, okay, like that's it. Like I'm off this platform. It's been a great 10 years. I got to go. Or you own it and you're like, okay, I'm so sorry. Here comes the apology video. We rehearsed this. We planned it. It was in the game plan. We're ready to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God, I miss Jenna so much. Me too. But I think I feel like she isn't even gone because she was like canceled. Like I feel like no. she was just also ready to not, not yeah. like she she did for like, yeah ten years. Ten years, like, mm-hmm. yeah. But I I I I wish the best for her. But I'm selfishly like so sad. I think everyone feels that way. Or like, I feel love. like she also got out at such a good time. Like with the pressure of TikTok and everything. Like if it was bad for your mental health or if you were feeling the burnout. From the YouTube era, I can't even imagine what it would be like now. Yeah, that's true. It's an insatiable beast. Yeah. <laughs> we're part of. Um, okay, I want to like <laughs> switch gears a little bit from influencers. Mm-hmm. I need to talk about this. Um, it's the Haley Bieber caller daddy interview. I have yes. so many thoughts, and Me I would too. like to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Like, where do we begin? It's funny because it's just like it's like it's like a one hour podcast, but it spawned like so many think pieces about it. But it is mm-hmm. it is something to behold. Yeah, what what are your like what was your like your initial take on it? My initial take was honestly like 
I go into everything with an open mind. Like I'm not someone who watches something who hates somebody like for the sake of hating them. So I thought she was honestly like really well-spoken. I was happy to hear that she spoke about, you know, her relationship with Justin and like what those struggles were. I also think that there were a lot of really good points. And I would say almost like open-ended questions that were made about stand culture, about what like is your responsibility when it comes to managing your audience and managing your fans? Do you have responsibility for how they act online? Are you unrelated to how they act online and how they act towards other people? Those were kind of my biggest takeaways. Like it really made me think about stand culture and these fan groups and just like bullying and harassment online and how it's kind of gone on Instagram for her and how now it's like obviously made its way to TikTok and also at what point do you kind of like stand up for yourself? And at what point do you go on these platforms, whether it's a podcast or interviews and kind of like speak your piece? Okay. Interesting. Like, so I was thinking about the whole, like that angle of it. Like I, Mm -hmm. I, I truly, like, I can't tell if I'm just like being an asshole about this whole thing, but like for me, I know, okay. I know Stan culture is in very intense and fandoms are really intense and like justin bieber Mm -hmm. had a very very intense fan base yeah and at the same time i guess i was just like kind of amazed at like how much of the interview was about like questions about how difficult her life is and maybe that's Mm -hmm. just because like she doesn't normally talk about it yeah but i was like i was a little bit like kim there's people are dying like i was just like i like maybe i feel like every question that wasn't about selena gomez was about how difficult it is and like this difficult moment three years ago when she was on live and people were like commenting about selena and i'm like mm-hmm. i what am i missing because to me i know she's dealt with all that shit but like every celebrity also has like you go yeah. to the comment section of every celebrity and it's like that and it's like that and like also i mean you and i get some hate online and we don't mm-hmm. even we don't have even remotely celebrity money like yeah <laughs> also like all. the more criticism the more also like money you're making like even totally. all these like bachelor contestants like they're getting that fab fit fun money like mm-hmm. and and so i'm just kind of like i mean the questions are like screened in advance and everything mm-hmm. and she was just answering them but i was like do we need to take this angle i felt like this could have been yeah. like three or four questions less about how hard Haley Bieber's life is. Yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like towards the end, it was what, like an hour long, like at the 30 minute mark, it was like, okay, you've covered it, you know? And even Haley says in a couple of like the second half of questions, she's like, we kind of already answered this. Like I've already painted the picture for you. I did see that as kind of like a criticism online. Like she didn't speak much about her YouTube channel. She didn't speak much about, other things she's doing yeah just talk about your skincare line like what i don't think yeah people are just here to like watch whatever like talk about your youtube show where you talk yeah. to your friends in your bathroom and your huge bathroom talk about your skincare <laughs> line like i'm down to hear about Anything. that that's what i mean going back to like the kylie jenner thing it's like i if i'm gonna see kylie jenner on my screen i want her the most realistic version of her yeah. life, which is her in her little chamber of Perkins, her little echoey chamber of Perkins. <laughs> and like, same with Haley Bieber. I'm like, most of your life is like hanging out in your gigantic bathroom, like with yeah. Kendall Jenner and like 
giggling and like that's okay like just talk about that I don't just know say like, that or I like agree. doing your skincare like sitting in on meetings and being like I like the blue packaging or whatever <laughs> like whatever when she's involved in it I don't know but like yeah <laughs> and, and also the thing is too she's beautiful and wealthy and she always has been and that's not her fault and you just you really mm-hmm. there's so little pressure to develop a personality when yeah. you have those assets like from from the jump so like yeah I was definitely getting like no vibe vibes mm-hmm. <laughs> like definitely and she's just like does not have a strong she's nice she does not have a strong personality other than being like kind of nice <laughs> she has no character like us she grew up in the sun there was no character development <laughs> yeah I like yeah. made the mistake of like smoking a joint before listening to that interview because I was like what is <laughs> happening like every single answer was just like well things happen to some people and that's okay but like I've had experiences and I don't want to say what they are but like I respect everyone involved and I was like what are these we're, we're just saying words but also I'm like, just yeah I'm like if I was in that position yeah didn't have to <laughs> any grit or any character I'm like I'm sure I'd just be like yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I'm living my life and I have lots of respect for everyone. Thank you. <laughs> She's like the real life version of trying to hit your word count in an essay. Yes. <laughs> You're just saying words at this point, running up the hour. Literally just trying to hit that 5,000 word mark. Like absolutely. Yeah. And then like, I mean, <laughs> it's also like not helped by the fact that like um, Alex Cooper is like just a terrible interviewer. Like yeah. I, I couldn't put my finger on like, what it exactly was that was like Irks me. so bad about her yeah mm-hmm. and then actually I saw a video by Shannon um fluently forward about mm-hmm. about how she has the exact same intonation about with every question but then she yeah. doesn't like ask follow-up questions like okay oh my god I don't know if this is becoming like the Joe Rogan defense podcast I can't believe this is <laughs> happening but like in her video she made a good point about how like say what you want about Joe Rogan he is genuinely curious about the guests that yeah. come on because they're kind totally. of always compared like caller daddy and the joe rogan experience whatever mm-hmm. um True. He, he is very interested in what they have to say whereas like alex cooper is like what was the moment in your childhood like what was the thing yeah. that affected you the worst and then they say something she's like okay next question <laughs> like, yeah it's just like <laughs> And you know what? I I actually did totally pick up on that because they like moved on from the Selena topic and they, I don't know, we're talking about something else. And then at the very end, she's like, gotta bring it back and close it off. And it was just so like, you could tell like the vibe had moved on and it was just not the way that someone should like flow with an interviewee who's like already opening up and moved on past that and you like bring it back to the first topic it was just yeah it was a little like awkward to watch is it bad that I watched this interview and I watched this podcast and specifically with the host I was like oh I like this is my motivation to start my own podcast I could do it better (laughs) not at all that was my takeaway a lot of I think that's a very fair thing to say and like I mean um I guess the podcast has been going for like almost a year maybe like Mm -hmm. whatever I've definitely like I can appreciate the art of interviewing I think I've gotten like a little more like comfortable with it over time because at first Mm -hmm. I was just like wait a minute I have to steer a conversation for an hour and like think about not talking too much but then also say interesting like it was it was really like tripping me out in the beginning but like I get it but like with Alex Cooper again like she's a very like beautiful conventionally very beautiful person she's like 
very charismatic and she's been mm-hmm. rewarded for that. And like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to put out more than what society is asking of you. And they're not yeah. asking that much of her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a good point. Like, even with what we were talking about a little earlier with the Try Guys, it's like, that's kind of what your audience wants. And they do steer the content. And like, you can put out five or 10 different types of content. But if like the wife content where exactly the just kind of bare minimum interviewing style is what works and is what gets the most views like yeah that's what they're going to stick with yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and like the part at the end where she's like going from like your traumas and she's like now we're going to talk about sex and then it was like there's like a special music for that section I was like so awkward I was li- I was walking around listening. I-, I just did listen to the audio and I was like biting, almost like hiding in my sweater. Like I was like, please let's be over. It was like, so like, what do you want to say to like all the people that have like given you death threats? Okay. Switching gears. What position do you like with Justin? And I was just like, ah, Jesus, kill me now. Like, oh my God. I, I mean, it-, it like kind of reinforces this like idea I've had where like, she is the modern Cosmo like mm. in my day Cosmo <laughs> magazine was huge and everyone mm-hmm. would get copies and it was like 105 tips to please your man but like yeah. this oh is sort of the modern version where it was like this really awkward conversation about like sex and like positions and it's like look man I'm get, like I'm a sex positive whatever but like mm-hmm. it's, it's not like some formula like it's not like the, the top three things and like what does Justin do with the Thing yeah. and he does a trip and like she's just like well I'm uncomfortable because I know my parents are gonna listen I'm like yeah we know mm-hmm. like Haley we know that's why everyone's uncomfortable because they picture their parents yeah. listening like your parents this whole conversation needs to just you should just cut this segment <laughs> like oh my god totally I watched it like I watched the video interview and you could see like Haley's eyes she was just burning hatred at Alex like you could tell she was so uncomfortable and I think they said it like four times during the interview just like how uncomfortable physically Haley looked she was like in a ball and almost like answering the questions herself like this it was just yeah you could pick it up (laughs) yeah and yet she said nothing at all so she had nothing to be worried about (laughs) she hit the word count but then yeah actually at the same time it's like now there's a billion podcasts like shitting on her including this one now so like I do get like why would she be nervous we're only gonna talk for hours about how like you dissect know. your body language and the sigh length and oh yeah <laughs> yeah but I love I just love like um little moments like she's like you know Justin's past like I'm not gonna say he wasn't like a fuck boy or anything but like you know he had his past I'm like that was so funny I know I mean what else what's she gonna say that there's a time in Justin's life where there were dozens allegedly dozens of girls that would like go to his house and they would take all their phones away and then girls would be like crying on the driveway because they didn't have their oh phone God. and wanted to leave yeah. like what is she gonna say that like yeah <laughs> no she's gonna be like no he's so sweet <laughs> but I do Don't tell me anything I know the whole story and it's a really open relationship <laughs> yeah. okay girl <laughs> I know and I but like I mean what is she 20 25 25 yeah yeah I mean I was making worse decisions at 25 but like I do I it has been hard for me to see footage of them uh together because I just I feel like allegedly like I just feel like he's a little emotionally abusive to her like all the time like I feel like he's always disrespecting her and Mm -hmm. always I mean he is a very broken person and I yeah 
I, I did a whole podcast like just on mm-hmm. him. I think if anyone was listening, it's like way back. Um, he comes from such a broken place in terms of where he was raised and then put into the startup. Like I, I get why he is way he is, but like he's yeah. not a like a cuddly person or he's like very disrespectful. No, definitely. Like I wouldn't be surprised if 10 years from now, if there's like the documentary on <laughs> their divorce. I, it's like I'm not wishing. Like, you know, I wish them well. Like, I hope they stay married. I hope best case scenario, it all works out. But like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out in a couple of years that he was a lot different behind closed doors. Yeah. Because like exactly what you said, the body language and like the interviews and someone actually made a really good point about like this whole interview in general. They were like, this shouldn't even be Haley speaking on this. Like it should be Justin. Like if they really wanted to, you know, end this and talk to the fan base and really like, close this chapter it should be him who's on this podcast and like speaking about his new relationship and his wife and telling the fans to like fuck off respectfully (laughs) but at this point in 2022 it seems to me like it's the most calm it's been on that front i think so so i'm like what 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 jelena fans are still around like bombarding you i don't think it's any more than what any like celebrity any high profile person faces in their comments like i don't know no you're you're totally right yeah uh, i mean she's doing just fine like i don't think anyone yeah. who uh gets married at 23 i don't think like there's going to be like a scenario where everyone's going to be like yes that's a great decision like i think mm-hmm. i think she got married at 21 or yeah sorry 21 there's going to be yeah. an odd couple that gets married 21 that stays together and are happy they are very few and far between also like they were like re virgins or something they were like re they oh. took a vow they were like mm-hmm. born again so they were like they were waiting <laughs> to like have sex before, not have sex before marriage so like that was one of the motive they they like basically yeah. said in so many words that that's like why they were like in a rush to get married so mm. Yeah, it doesn't fuel the best decisions, but mm-hmm. God bless. Uh, wishing them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wishing them love and light, um, peace and love. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, nothing but <laughs> nothing but good wishes for the happy couple. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I'm like looking at what you wrote about Drew and Trisha. Did you want to like get into any of that? Yeah, I think I definitely was just saying like when it comes to uncancelable figures, like exactly when to speak up for yourself, the optics of it. I feel like there's a few creators who are sort of unhinged, like HRH Collection, like Trisha Paytas, who I think are in like the camp of uncancelable. Like so many people have tried to be like, let's deplatform these people. And it's just like, it's kind of impossible. Like you're fighting the good fight, but these people have just committed so much to just being the villains that they are that like you can't take away their platform yeah someone is unapologetic like there's not too much you can do because that's the thing like yeah. Haley Bieber's like not really she's not done anything wrong she's just existing like she's just a person not doing mm-hmm. much in the world doesn't have much personality like she's just there but everyone but she's like kind of like shrinks down and and gets really apologetic mm-hmm. and I think people like almost like seize on that weakness like all like kind totally of, but with yeah with Trish Paytas like what can you even say to her because she's just like <laughs> it just like bounces right off yeah. of her and like fires back at you exactly 
Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like, whether you're a celebrity or an influencer, I think that's going to be one of the biggest choices you have to make. Like, are you someone that's going to go the apology video routes or are you just going to be like, "Mm -mm. I'm Camp Trisha. I said what I said. It's going to blow over and you're not going to get a tear out of me. I don't know. It's a good question. It keeps me up at night. (laughs) Yeah. What? I don't know. What to do. What yeah. to do when we get canceled? <laughs> I yeah, I wonder what it what the thing is going to be for me, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. I'll stay tuned. I'll keep you guys tuned, posted guys. when I when I do get canceled. <laughs> like getting sweating a little bit. <laughs> like should I be careful about what I speak out into the world? Although whatever. Well, I I do think it's kind of inevitable being online. It is. Yeah. 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 Someone's always going to take it the wrong way. Yeah. But specifically, I mean, cancel, I say it in like air quotes because like it's mm-hmm. not because yeah. they always come right back, including exactly. the people that have done literal crimes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's the the mob, like when you get a mob of people. That's the thing, the dog pile, the mob. And that's where I almost like, I go the other direction. When I see a mob forming and what was like super insidious, I felt almost about this like whole Michaela clip the whatever uh, like try being an influencer for a day it almost got used and it became a trend for influencers to use that audio and project themselves as being super relatable because they don't work hard as influencers it was so weird to see how this trend became like oh i'm an influencer with millions of followers and i actually don't work hard at all for this like she should not be saying it's a hard and it becomes like this weird twisted narrative where like you're using this person to now show how relatable you are. And I just, whenever I see that happening, I go the other direction where I'm like, okay, you're the 99th person to make this video. Like we get it, you know, you're not bringing anything new to the table. What needed to be said was said. The first person had a point, second person had a little bit less of a point. But at this point, I almost want to support the person who's getting dogpiled because I'm just like, this is very disproportionate to what they said. Yeah. I actually don't remember if I've been talking about this on the pod or on the Patreon, <laughs> but it's like, this is coming off the heels of me, like spending a couple of weeks, like talking about my own work habits. Cause now I'm, I'm like freelancing. I work for myself. Um, some of that is content creating, like mm-hmm. some of it's working with other, whatever, like, but I, yeah. I've gone into this boundaryless world where I actually have caught myself working from like early morning to late night. Yeah, definitely. Most of the time. And so I am trying to work less just because mm-hmm. uh, but <laughs> and so I've been <laughs> I've been talking about this I guess publicly because I'm trying to like almost like be accountable I'm like by saying yeah. maybe like I said my goal is to stop working at 7 p.m like and and I've not really been following it but I'm maybe if I yeah. say it more then I'll like <laughs> hold myself to it more um but then this happened and I was like oh I'm like am I yeah <laughs> Am I going to have, I probably have some clips from the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Maybe like try it. No, but not it's like that. 7.01 PM and I'm still here guys. No, I, I don't know. I mean, not like, I'm not like trying to be like heroic because I'm wor- working. I just truly am in my little bubble puttering away and get way too much in perfectionist mode. And yeah, it's leading to <laughs> basically, I'm not going to have any kind of life if I don't like try to put a stop to it but yeah you have to but I'm like guys also I'm not trying to say my life is harder than you guys especially yeah you guys out there working 
Like I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to say, oh, my life is so difficult. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying that, yeah, I've gotten a little too far into hustle culture as much as I make fun of it. Definitely. Yeah. And I make fun of it too. And I catch myself, like, like I said, I'm working three jobs. I like have my day job. I freelance on the side for social media. And then I was like bartending the past year also. And I had that moment where I was like, I need to stop. Like I'm getting so far deep in hustle culture, even though I make fun of it. And I think that like, it does kind of sneak up on you. You don't realize that you're taking on more and more projects. Mm -hmm. And it's like a nice moment when you get to the point where you're like, I can only take on things that like are worth it for me and that I'm interested in or like they're paying me what I'm worth but it doesn't happen overnight because I feel like so many people especially starting out with content and you know starting to get like brand deals and partnerships you you're kind of like at first like almost like you want to say yes to everything you're like oh my god the fact that I even have this audience and the fact that like people are even asking me to do this is so cool in itself but it it wears off quickly when you realize you're burnt out and you do have to like zoom out and say I can't, I can't take all this on. I'm not doing myself a service. I'm not doing this partnership a service. I'm not going to show up at a hundred percent and I need to like scale back for everybody's sake. Yeah. Very well said. Retweet. Um, <laughs> yeah. RT plus one. Um, yeah. Okay. Veronica, this has been so lovely. So lovely. It's um, been wonderful. Especially, yeah. It's funny being on Zoom because we realize that we're like, <laughs> like right around Two doors down yeah 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 <laughs> we realize yeah the world is very small um and we're mm-hmm. like right around the corner from each other but yeah um this has been so lovely and yeah thanks for sharing your time and for anyone who's not following you tell everyone where they can find you yeah absolutely so you can definitely follow me on tiktok it's at future pods and through my tiktok you can come to instagram it's veronica.skaya other than that, it's been a pleasure being on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye, guys. All right, guys, that's it for today. Don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review. Heck, leave a five-star review while you're at it. Follow me on Instagram. It's become a whole thing and TikTok. And I'll see you next week. Au revoir, mes amours.